Um, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's something that we all love to hate and that's banking. Um, you know, and I, and I've told you before, cause you know, the bank earnings come out and they're monstrous, right? Absolutely enormous. And everybody goes, holy cow, why am I paying $4 to use an Interact machine to get my own money out of the bank when they're reporting multi-billion dollar surpluses? And this financial guy that I used to interview on, well, he would give us the Marcus update every day. He'd say, it's easy, Shay, just buy shares in the banks. Just do that. And at least that way, you know, you're making a couple of bucks off of this too. But we all love to complain about the banks, right? And for good reason. It's a necessary evil, though. That's the problem when it comes to banks. Chances are... In this country, you listening right now deal with one of six banks, the big six. You know who they are, right? Bank of Montreal, Royal Bank, TD. There's six of them, six of the big, big, big ones. In fact, in Canada, 93% of all banking is done through those six, and that hasn't changed in years. They have dominated the marketplace um, and held the lion's share of all commerce. And it's been that way for a long, long time, despite the fact there are others that try uh, without much success. So what does that mean for us as customers and as for people just trying to, you know, navigate our way through the system? The fact that these six have a stranglehold on all that happens. We're going to chat with um, Moshe Lander now, an economist, a senior economics lecturer at Concordia University. Moshe, thanks for joining us. Always nice to chat. Hello. So with almost all of the banking activity in this country confined to those six big banks, um, the, the obvious issue is, in terms of competition, all this, it means more cost for us, right? I mean, they have more ability to determine the cost structure and all the rest of that stuff. It ends up costing us more, doesn't it? Yes and no. <laughs> so let me give you a nice uh, economic hedge. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it could be costing more. But I could also make the argument that banks have huge upfront fixed costs. Uh, and so the more customers that they have, the more they can spread those fixed costs over a large consumer base. And so that could actually lower the average cost of delivery, which means that we might actually be benefiting from oversized banks and a lack of competition. So there is this fundamental trade-off that, mm-hmm. on the one hand, competition should bring lower prices, but banking is a weird industry that it, it does have those big fixed costs. If nothing else, all of those big Roman columns uh, to show security, the big high-rises that uh, that are attached to you know corporate offices, uh, and, of course, the, the computer systems that are enormous with huge amounts of data, those cost billions of dollars up front before you even have one customer walk through the front door. How have they managed to maintain? I mean, like we, I've, you know, we know there's ATB, there's Service Credit Union. There are others that are out there. I see commercials on TV all the time for banks I've never heard of. This one called EQ has really done a big buy during the playoffs. I don't know what that is. So we know there's other entities out there. How come they never managed to really take a big chunk out of that big six? Yeah, it, you know, the, the entry for some of these newer banks is a little bit lower because they don't necessarily have to spend on the bricks and mortar uh, the way that the, the big six do. But the problem is that banks convey security. Uh, and so if you're going to take your life savings and you're going to stick it in some bank account, you just said it. I don't even know what the CQ thing is, yeah. right? So do you want to take your life savings and <laughs> hand it over to something that could have just bought commercial time uh, and runs off with your money, right? So I, I think there's kind of this reinforced security that comes from those big six have been around a long time. And so they trade on the fact that they are comfortable. I said Roman Collins a few minutes ago. That's not an accident, right? That conveys the idea sure. that your money is vault safe. 
Uh, and so that makes it really difficult for a new entrant to come in unless they already have some sort of name recognition. Let's say if one of the big American banks were to come in, we might be a little more open to that. Right. If it's something we've heard of before, right, then it has that cachet with it. Um, what's open banking? This was in the federal government's budget um, going back a few years now. I haven't implemented it yet. A lot of other countries have. What does open banking mean? What change does that bring? So this would loosely mean that you could carry your information with you without having to go back to square one every time you want to set up with a different bank. So, uh, you know, even with your existing bank, if you go and open up a bank account, you have to start providing all kinds of information, right? Name, address, yep. ID, and information like that. And then from the same bank, if you ask for a mortgage, they start all over again as if you're a new customer. So what's your name? What's your address? What's your ID? And you would say, well, don't you already have that in the system? Uh, open banking is the idea that you can now share parts of, let's say, a profile with any bank and every bank that you want, and it kind of lowers the cost. So in a sense, it makes it easier for you to move your accounts more easily between the existing big six, but also any competitor that wants to come in. The analogy that I've been using with people is uh, it's kind of like the idea of setting up a, a, a new cell uh, account. It's much easier now than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago because it's just a matter of popping in a new you know, SIM card and, and you're off and running. I get it. So, yeah, so like you say, like when you get a cell phone now, you can keep your phone number, you can move around, you can go to any provider, you can go to any kind of hardware that you want. You go attached to that number and to that profile. So it'd be the same thing with banking. Yeah, and, you know, using that cell phone analogy for any of your listeners that are old enough to remember, right? That, that wasn't the way it was even oh, no. like 10, 15 years ago, right? You had to completely start over from scratch with a new phone number, new everything. Uh, now it's a lot easier. And so the idea is that where we were talking about a lack of competition within the banking sector, one of the ways in which they can hold you is by saying that if you want to go to a new bank, you can start all over again. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so that raises the cost for you to switch. But by lowering switching costs, now the banks are going to be forced to be a little more competitive with trying to make sure that you do get that extra quarter of a percentage point in interest or that your mortgage is an extra quarter of a percentage point lower uh, because they risk losing you to a competitor that can grab you a lot easier. Now, other countries have done this, right? A lot of other countries have done this. They've already brought in these changes, some of them quite a while ago. So what's the holdup? Is it the big banks saying, you know, are they, are they are they the ones trying to get in the way or is it just the government dragging their feet? Do we know? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, it's one of those things that all you need is one horror story to create panic uh, within the system. Yeah. So I'm sure that, like anything, when the government says that it's going to cost a certain amount of money, it's obviously going to cost triple or quadruple that amount. And when they say they're going to roll it out by a certain time, you can probably add on a decade to it. That's not a function of the liberal government. That's anyone who would have been in power would have had a difficult time implementing these sorts of nationwide programs. But of course, the banks recognize that this is not meant to help them. It's meant to force them to compete more aggressively and to bring new entrants into the marketplace. And so they're going to lobby the government as well, uh, trying to make sure that whatever legislation is introduced is as slow as possible. Are there concerns, and I'm sure other countries have looked at it and have found ways to handle it, but what about safety, security, those sorts of things? Like that information, that that you know, that profile, that's worth a lot. It is. And so it, it kind of connects even to, say, social media, right? Like your name has value. And so when you're providing uh, essentially your content for free and you're not monetizing it, uh, it's the platform that's benefiting from it. And so your name, your uh, content has value here, too, uh, and the bank is essentially using it for free. So th there is the possibility here that, you know, there there need to be very aggressive safeguards put in place to protect you. In some cases, it's to protect you from yourself. 
uh, if, you know, with the new technology, it's not going to be as familiar to people with what they can and can't do with it. Um, but again, this is one of those things that they should have already been factoring that into the legislation. There are countries that are well ahead of us in implementing this. And so you can use best practices to implement this and make it a little bit more comforting. Yeah, exactly. And, and like we say, the system's already in place in a lot of other places. So what, what's the timeline? It was supposed to be early this year. Yeah, like I said, you know, you can whatever whatever any government says. Right. I usually yeah. just add on five to ten years and say, all right, <laughs> let, let's expect it then. So we can probably talk in a couple of years and say, hey, how is this new thing going to work? Uh, I, I don't see what their advantage is to racing this out, uh, especially in light of the fact that they already announced in their budget that their their dental plan is already, I think, three times what they projected. Uh, they don't want to be seen to have a, another difficult time uh, unrolling some sort of nationwide plan. So let's say in the new parliament, we would probably see that this can be uh, rolled out for, for real. Okay, well, well, we'll watch and see. Moshe, thanks so much for being here, as always. Appreciate it.